Welcome back, Creatures of the Night, to episode 37 of the Collecting Dead Man podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Zeman, and I want to welcome you back to another week of talking Undertaker memories, matches, and more, especially merchandise. And as we get started with another week here on the Collecting Dead Man podcast, I just want to do a little bit of self-promotion to please follow me on Instagram at Collecting Dead Man, at Twitter at Collect Up Dead, follow and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Collecting Dead Man, and just make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. And after you have subscribed on your preferred podcast platform, I am everywhere from Apple, iTunes to Spotify and everything in between. Please leave me a five star review if you are enjoying what I'm putting out there each and every week discussing all kinds of Undertaker merchandise, my Undertaker memories, some of my favorite matches, and a whole lot of more in between. Uh, this past week, I uh, did another watch-along with Randy Turco with the Brothers of Destruction winning their first of three tag team championships and the April 19th, 2001 edition of SmackDown. Uh, it has been uploaded for your viewing and listening pleasure on both uh, YouTube and the uh, podcast uh, feed. Um, so that during this Thanksgiving holiday weekend, you have something uh, to listen to as a bonus to my regularly uh, scheduled podcast episode here. Uh, we brought out our best American Badass attire to watch this fun match. Um, and uh, this sets off the next two matches for the Brothers of Destruction. Uh, the next uh, tag team championship victory comes on another edition of SmackDown, uh, where they will be uh, taking on the natural disasters of Chuck Palumbo and Sean O'Hare, and the final uh, championship victory will be SummerSlam 2001 in a steel cage match between Diamond Dallas Page and Canyon. So that is the uh, next two tag team championship uh, watch-alongs coming away with Randy Turco. Um, and then after that, as I talked about a couple weeks ago, we'll be discussing the hardcore title match against Rob Van Dam at Vengeance 2001. And then uh, it's up in the air what to do after that. Uh, we were discussing maybe doing a um, gimmick matches, maybe Hell in the Cells, um, you know, maybe tie in some things with action figures, uh, some fun box sets from Jax, you know, it's labeled Bad Blood, Buried Alive, stuff like that. So we tie in maybe a watch along uh, while also discussing our favorite figures based on a certain match or something like that, you know, just. Uh, different ideas where to go after uh, the tag team titles and after the hardcore title. And in addition to doing watch-alongs with Randy Turco, I am also doing watch-alongs, as you know, with Canaanite 10. As we are taking a look back at The Undertaker and Kane's um, rivalry and also uh, the whole entire storyline together. So when they are against each other, when they're teaming up with each other, uh, that's what we're taking a look back at um, this past uh, last week where our most recent watch along was taking a look back at Fully Loaded 1998 and also the Raw is War episode two weeks later to show Undertaker and Stone Cold 
winning the tag team championships and also losing them back to Kane and Mankind just a couple weeks later. Uh, so we have the whole Cahoots storyline going on now with Kane and I-10 and myself taking a look back at that. And our next stop will be Breakdown, the triple threat match for the vacated WWF Championship with Kane, Undertaker, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, what's fun about doing this with Kane and I-10 as well is that we get a lot of crossover from what Randy Turco and I are doing as uh in the meantime, so we get to not only Randy and mine um, point of view from an Undertaker standpoint and Undertaker fans, but now you have Kane and I-10 uh, who will also be doing some of these matches uh, with myself, so you also get the Kane fans point of view and perspective. So that's fun, and of course, uh, you got a whole ways to go with the Undertaker-Kane story. Uh, so I'm looking forward to continuing that with Canaanite 10 um, as well. So that is just a little bit of podcast news. You know, of course, the watch-alongs. Please subscribe to the podcast. Leave me a five-star review. And follow me everywhere on my social medias. But that is enough of podcast promotion for this week. As we uh, get right into Tales from the Grave. Where I'll be finishing up my look back at my favorite SmackDown vs. Raw memories. Tales from the Grave Now through the whole month of November as you have been listening to these episodes, I have been taking a look back at my favorite memories of the SmackDown vs. Raw franchise. Now this whole started because there was not going to be a WWE video game coming out this year during the month of November. Um, has, that has been the tradition for as long as I could remember that there at least was a WWE video game coming out at the end of the year. Um, now as you saw at some of my promo shots from Survivor Series matchups that I've been doing on the uh, Survivor Series bracket, you saw a lot of these Survivor Series uh, were promoted by the SmackDown vs. Raw franchise games. Um, and so I took a look back at SmackDown vs. Raw, SmackDown vs. Raw 2006, and SmackDown vs. Raw 2007. That was the first three weeks of the, po- of the November uh, podcast episodes, what I call the perfect trilogy of WWE video games. Uh, SmackDown vs. Raw definitely changed the game uh, in ways of wrestling video games. Uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 2006, uh, of course, brought it up to a whole nother level. Of course, that was my favorite of the three, uh, but definitely when it comes to 2007, uh, 2007 took 2006 and built upon that in such a way that that was fun as well. Um, and those three games were just, they're so nostalgic to me. Uh, so many great memories playing those three games as a kid. And um, when SmackDown vs. Raw 2008 came out, you know, a bit of a letdown. Uh, I know it was rushed due to so many things happening in the company in 2007 that the game had to be uh, edited and altered. Uh, superstars removed, um, movesets totally erased. Uh, which made the game, you know, it lost a lot of things that uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 
uh, 06, 07 had placed in the game engine. You know, it, you lost um, the challenge mode. You lost the locker room. You lost uh, so many different uh, things that made the past three games feel fresh and fun. Uh, but I'm not going to be talking about SmackDown vs. Raw 2008 this week. I am moving on to SmackDown vs. Raw 2009, which is I consider a return to glory. Because even though we still don't get the challenge mode, we don't get GM mode anymore, and we don't get the locker room, we have now Road to WrestleMania mode. Uh, this is where you are given an opportunity to go through a whole year storyline based around certain wrestlers. And one of those wrestlers is The Undertaker. You lead up to WrestleMania, and Undertaker's storyline, of course, revolves around the streak and the powers of his urn. You battle the forces of the boogeyman and his henchmen trying to steal the Undertaker's powers to make him vulnerable at WrestleMania. Now you go through a couple of possessions of different superstars, mind games. You are finally able to make the boogeyman rest in peace. And, you know, it's a little bit out there, but it's fun. And all the superstars, I remember all the superstar stories from Chris Jericho, CM Punk, Batista and Rey Mysterio, um, all of these uh, were fun and exciting new options to do in this game because, um, you know, they knew they had to make up for 2008 being lackluster. And Road to WrestleMania mode was just a fun change of pace. You know, considering the uh, my other favorite aspects of the other games were removed, the ability to go through superstar-centered storylines so that you can unlock other superstars, uh, unlock attires, arenas, movesets. It was just a fun way to play different versions of each storyline and, you know, choose different options so that you can go back and see, you know, if I would have chosen this, would that have changed anything? And it does. So it gives you aspects of No Mercy as well. So that um, you have to do one playthrough, but you also have to do another playthrough if you want to unlock everything. Because choosing which opponent you want to face that one night, that may unlock certain things. But if you go back and choose the other opponent, that unlocks more things as well. So it was very hard to get tired of this game. Because you are given aspects of No Mercy where you don't only have to play Road to WrestleMania mode for that superstar once, you may have to play it twice or even three times to unlock everything for that specific storyline, which made it fun, which made it very hard to get tired of, like I just said. Uh, and I like games like that. I like games that force you to do things uh, multiple times to unlock things because it, then you get tired of it if you don't. And, you know, you can only play so many expedition, exhibition matches uh, before you just get tired of the game. You just unlock everything and, you know, I'll get to that. I'll play that game again when I want to, you know. But when you are given a task or a challenge that you have to go back and play certain things multiple times, then it makes it fun. It makes it uh, that you can't wait to go back and complete it some more. And of course, you know, the things, the, the ability to hack in those non-playable characters, that returns as well. But 
and they have more entrance and moveset options this time in this game, which gives it the which gives me the ability to give them more appropriate music and motions in their entrances, um, which I felt was fun. You know, you don't have to use only general motions for the non-playable hackable superstars. It gave them um, some even of the it took aspects of uh, SmackDown vs. Raw 06 where it actually placed some of the NPCs entrance music and videos in to be um, selectable which I thought was a very great um, option to choose from. So yeah, SmackDown vs. Raw 2009, a bit forgotten because you know you had the perfect trilogy uh, up to 07 and then it falls down with 2008 but then they regain in 2009 but you know a lot of people you know they like to stick to um, the original you know the original core 3 um, of when it was released but I thought it was only fitting to talk about Smackdown vs. Raw 2009 because THQ and Ukes did so much to rebound from 2008 and they really knocked it out of the park with Road to WrestleMania mode. They um, gave you so many new features and they expanded on the match types and gave updated entrances and the characters looked so clean and fresh. And of course this is the, uh, the got the ability to play on the PlayStation 3, the Xbox 360, my favorite being the PS2. Um, yeah, it's just fun. It's a fun game coming off um, 08. Um, but of course, as we wrap up SmackDown vs. Raw month, nothing comes close to 06 and 07 for me. Um, those two are the pure nostalgia when it comes to SmackDown vs. Raw. But SmackDown vs. Raw, the original, and 2009 are good bookend pieces. You know, you start off with SmackDown vs. Raw, you go through 06, 07. Yeah, you can skip 08. I, I like 08 sometimes. It has a very great soundtrack. It has the return of unlocking Vince McMahon as a playable superstar. Uh, so you don't have to really hack him in. Um, it gives you a nice GM mode with the ability to reach Hall of Fame status. and um, But 09 is a good bookend. And that really finishes off SmackDown vs. Raw month. I hope that uh, taking a look back at these games has persuaded at least somebody out there to go back, maybe dust off the old PS2 or maybe buy a new one, um, pop in this one of these discs into the PS2 and just relive uh, pure nostalgic memories. Because I know I'll be doing that again soon. The SmackDown vs. Raw series, you know, I love me some No Mercy and WrestleMania 2000. I love me some Here Comes the Pain. But when it comes to um, Smack, uh, when it comes to wrestling games where I just like to sit down and enjoy them, uh, SmackDown vs. Raw series is really it for me. Um, you know, it's just everything about it, and just the nostalgia of you know playing that as a kid. And, um, you know, just having the ability to go through challenge modes and storylines, unlock superstars, and the ability to hack in people like that. 
It's uh, great memories, and um, I really can't wait to play it again one of these days. So hopefully I made uh, unlocked some of that in at least somebody out there so they can dust off any copy of SmackDown vs. Raw uh, from the original to 2011. Uh, there's really uh, no beating this wrestling game series. Some have come close to my heart. Like I said, No Mercy, WrestleMania 2000, uh, the SmackDown games on the PS1, uh, Here Comes the Pain, all very close to my heart. But the things that unlock my heart is the SmackDown vs. Raw series. And hopefully I was able to do that for people out there. Um, and I really can't wait to talk more video games in upcoming episodes as well. They are pure nostalgia and uh, just a lot of great memories playing wrestling video games. Um, but that is it. And just like the last few weeks, no figure hunting memory or game hunting memory. You know, I usually got these, you know, when day of release. So it's not really finding them anywhere or hunting them down. But there is Undertaker news. And that is Undertaker was on the bump. Uh, on Sunday for Survivor Series and also he concluded his uh, interview on Wednesday so two-part edition of Undertaker on the bump um, you know he talked about his favorite Survivor Series matches uh, his favorite moments and entrances you know even though he wanted the the uh, 1996 entrance to be executed better that is probably his favorite Survivor Series entrance because that sticks out the most to him uh, and also he uh, loved Madison Square Garden being there. He loved uh, facing mankind, as we know. Uh, of course, he talked about, you know, being his 10-year anniversary against facing Kurt Angle. Uh, breaking out of the casket to confront Randy Orton in 2005. Um, he was talks about his 25th anniversary edition where he fought the Wyatt family. And, of course, you know, his first Survivor Series, you know, debuting. He loved, he, you know, that's his, his favorite memory is, you know, his debut. And, of course, the year after winning the championship. So, yeah, a lot of favorite Survivor Series matches and moments. Um, you know, he says that even though he's known for WrestleMania, Survivor Series is up there. And, of course, it has to be. Um, he made a funny quip about him. Uh, about that Batman entrance, you know, he he's only, he considers himself uh, uh, like Batman, waiting on Commissioner McMahon's phone call on his bat phone. Uh, so that was funny to like tie that into that Batman entrance. Uh, that sometimes he feels like Batman, waiting on Commissioner McMahon's phone call. Um, and they just took some fan questions. Uh, they talked about his final farewell last year. Um, and then they, the second part of the interview would talk more about WrestleMania, about in Dallas, his memories about fighting Shane McMahon in the Hell in a Cell, about, you know, only Shane, he thought only Shane would be as crazy as mankind to fall off of it. Um, he, he put a lot of praise on that almost being as close to Andre the Giant, probably in stature, um, and, you know, the ability to be a special attraction as WWE has ever come to. Um, and he just, you know, talked about him being a lifelong Cowboys fan. 
and being in AT&T Stadium, the generosity of the hosts and the Jones family. So really hyping up WrestleMania. Uh, really, he's looking forward to being back in Dallas. So you know he's going to have some sort of um, part in WrestleMania. He may be the host. So you know he's going to. You know he's going to be the Hall of Fame inductee. Hopefully, we can have a match. Uh, you know he wants. You know he says it's it's time to put his Undertaker Deadman character to rest because he felt boxed in. In what he can do and I totally understand that because you know coming off that gimmick and that character you really couldn't do much around people you really couldn't take Hollywood roles and stuff like that because you had to live the gimmick but you know it doesn't mean we can't get a match as Boneyard Undertaker or Badass Taker if that's what he feels like he wants to do like one last outing in Texas and also he really put over the New Day and working in that interactive film. He said that he didn't know that they could do interactive films, that he was really excited to uh, participate in making one and learning about the uh, the process. Um, and he said the New Day, you know, he couldn't ask for better people to work with on that movie, that they really brought their energy and their uh, funniness to this uh, project. And they, he said that they were really the best group of people that The Undertaker can, can bounce off of. Because, you know, they are so much different than The Undertaker character that they just gelled perfectly. And I think I said that when I uh, did my review and playthrough of it. That, these, that The New Day really does bounce off The Undertaker well. You know, it's such a contrast between the joyfulness and the light-heartedness that you get the Undertaker who's dark and brooding, uh, that it just gels well together, uh, that they, you know, they work off each other so well. And um, the last bit of Undertaker news is that uh, there was a little short interview on Instagram I don't really know who was uh, conducting the interview, but it was like short questions for him. He calls Edge his favorite current superstar. He uh, says Rey Mysterio has his favorite entrance gear. Drew McIntyre is his favorite entrance. Um, you know, he just reminisced about uh, his final farewell, thinking, you know, that it's really the end. And, you know, just short, quick answers. And uh, it's always fun to see Undertaker give these interviews out of character and see what he's going to say. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's so nice to get so much more of this um, in the past year and a half. But that is it. No really Undertaker figure news. Just that uh, Ringside Collectibles is having their Black Friday uh, sale going on now. Uh, you know there's going to be also a Cyber Monday sale. So if you're looking for anything at Ringside Collectibles, including Ultimate Edition Series 11 Undertaker, uh, make sure to hop on that before it is sold out or placed on back order. Uh, because, you know, once it is on back order, you know, it might as well just rest in peace. Because it's going to be very hard to get more of that, especially with delays in shipping and manufacturing. So now's the time to get it, folks. And um, that is it. That is it for Tales from the Grave. 
Let us move on to Digging Up Dead Man, where I talk all about my weekly purchases. Welcome to Weekly Purchases. Of course, in Weekly Purchases, that's where I talk about what, what has come through the mail by way of USPS, FedEx, um, eBay, Macari, or if I have found anything in the stores lately. Now, as you know, I am looking for that Undertaker Legends plush that is hitting either Walmarts or Targets. Um, that is really the only thing I'm hunting in the stores right now, but no luck so far on that, uh, which is unfortunate. But what has come through the mail uh, this week is, of course, last week I said that I have not gotten it yet, but in the past week, the Deluxe Classic Series 3 Undertaker arrived in the mail, and the WrestleMania Action Ring arrived as well. I know those are the last two things uh, talked about la- on last week's episode that they had not arrived yet, uh, but in this week they had. I had also uh, gotten Tops dog tags, um, which I think were a thing back in like 2011, 2012. They had like dog tags for the wrestlers, so I've, I found this um, on Macari that they had a, a pair of Undertaker and Kane dog tags. I said, sure, what the heck, uh, 10 bucks, and I'll take the Undertaker, and I'm sending Kane and I 10, the Kane one. So Kane and I 10, if you are listening, uh, surprise, you're gonna be getting a Kane dog tag. Uh, another thing that came in the mail this week is Ring Rage 18.5 um, Undertaker Ruthless Aggression uh, with the tops card. Now there are two variants to this uh, figure as well as uh, Ring Rage 20.5 that there is just the figure and there's the figure with the tops card. And I was able to get the one with the tops card. Uh, still looking for the regular variant. Uh, because I am a variant hunter at times, and this is definitely uh, a variant that is uh, should be in my collection. The one that with the card and without card. So cool to add uh, at least one half of it into the collection this week. As well as um, the final thing to enter in my collection this week um, is two pieces of... If I, I swear that one day this will be part of the Buried Alive segment. It is candy from the Attitude Era uh, called Tear Jerkers. Uh, one version is a tube with a um, plastic Undertaker-like thumb puppet at the uh, top of it. And the other one is a Tear Jerkers uh, spinner where you press a lever on the side of it and it has like a top inside where the thing spins around uh, and uh, lights up. So yeah, two more pieces to my Undertaker candy collection that uh, joins a stick of Undertaker bubblegum and Undertaker candy bust. Now I think I'm just missing the spinner lollipop with the uh, chair action. And I think that completes my Undertaker candy collection. So one more piece of Undertaker candy merchandise out there that I have my eyes on. Um, so yeah, 
that is it for weekly purchases you know a bit of a small week but I'm thankful for the small weeks because as you have heard on here it sometimes it gets big and um, hurts the wallet a little bit more and as I try to save up for some things uh, you know you just can't say no to some great deals and you can't say no to undertake a merchandise when it presents itself so um, see what comes in the mail next week but for now that um, that is it for weekly purchases and let us move on to takers mark where we finish up the who will survive survivor series bracket takers mark now the Who Will Survive Survivor Series match bracket concludes this week where it is up to you creatures of the night and it, as it has been for the past three weeks to decide the winner. Also I will be all doing an eventual watch along of the winning match as well. I do not know who I will be doing the watch along with. It could be Talking Taker. It could be Randy Turco, it could be Canaanite 10, it could be Keegan. One of these people will be doing the watch along with me of the winning match. But it is up to you, as it has been for the past three weeks, to decide who is the winner between Survivor Series 1994, the casket match, where The Undertaker laid Yokozuna to rest. Survivor Series 2007. The Hell in the Cell match, which pitted The Undertaker against Batista for the final time in their 2007 rivalry? Or will it be Survivor Series 2015, where the Brothers of Destruction reigned supreme at The Undertaker's 25th anniversary, putting an end to the Wyatt family and reclaiming their powers? It is up to you to decide the winner. You decided these three finalists. You had Survivor Series 2015 take out 1995. You had Survivor Series 1994 slam the lid on 2008. And Survivor Series 2007 went through hell to defeat 2009. So now it is up to you again to decide the winner. You've heard me talk about these three matches in the past three weeks. You don't need me to talk about them again. I will put up the poll on my Instagram, on my Facebook, and on Twitter. So it will be up to you to decide who reigns supreme. Who will survive between these three matches? All great matches. All pivotal in The Undertaker's career. In 1994, he regained his powers. He, he claimed another soul in Yokozuna and put that rivalry to rest. In 2007, him and Batista did battle for a record fifth time, which would lead to the triple threat match against Edge and Armageddon and, give a, and lead The Undertaker into a brand new rivalry with Edge, claiming another World Heavyweight Championship victory, and also mixing Edge and Batista in 2008 and 2009. Um, you know, this this was a another pivotal rivalry piece in The Undertaker's career. 
And in 2015, we get a celebration of 25 years of the dead man, where we get Undertaker and Kane joining forces once more to put an end to the terror of the Wyatt family. Um, so it is all great matches. I would love to do a watch along of any of these. But you shall be deciding which one I will be doing. And whoever is the winner um, is the sole survivor. And that is it for Taker's Mark. I will talk about the winner on next week's episode. Uh, and of course you will know the winner during the week uh, before next week's episode as well. So the power is in your hands it is, as it has been the past three weeks. So vote wisely, but I know that you will always vote with the uh, best dark side intentions in mind. So uh, let us move on to the final segment of the episode, Buried Alive, where we just take a weird or what the F piece of Undertaker merchandise, drag it through hell, and bury it alive. Now on this week's episode of Buried Alive, I will be doing something a little bit different. I will be talking about Ripped and Ruthless Series 2 Kane, which is technically The Undertaker masquerading as Kane. Um, so that is why this is Buried Alive, because the figure is marked Kane. It shows you that the gimmick is it has a removable mask. But if you if you open up the package and you know remove the mask of the figure, the facial sculpt or the scan basically is the Undertaker. There's no burning of the face. It has a goatee. It has a regular face on it, and it is definitely the Undertaker, because I know the Maximum Sweat figure also has that gimmick. Of a removable mask and if we remove the mask off the maximum sweat figure that cane face is completely burned or charred and red but this figure is not so it is technically the Undertaker masquerading as Kane in a cane package coming you know coming off his cane to people buying this figure but it's actually the Undertaker so it counts as an Undertaker figure um, it's just Everything surrounding it is just like weird or like what the F, you know, why would you even have that as this cane figure? If you know, if you're gonna have it as cane, you know, don't make the mask removable. And if you're gonna make the mask removable, you know, make the face like the max sweat face where you can have the face be red or charred or some kind of burned feature. But if you're going to have the mask removable and have the head basically the Undertaker, then, you know, do like what Mattel did and, you know, showcase it as an Undertaker figure with the possibility of making it a cane. But that's not what they did here. They, they, they marketed it as a cane figure with a removable mask, but you get the Undertaker. And, of course, it's a, a one-sleeve cane. So it's not a two-sleeve cane, which if it's going to be the Undertaker underneath the cane mask, it should be a two-sleeve cane. 
and the face even though it is you know supposed to be the undertaker you know it doesn't really look like the undertaker but i give that a pass because you know it's all those ripped and ruthless figures are horrible and hideous as it is uh i think i talked about ripped and ruthless series one undertaker and buried alive before and if i haven't um that'll definitely be one in the future because that one is hideous as well uh it's just Overly muscular, overly um, stylized, I would say. That's the best way to describe it. It's like a comic book hero or a comic book villain that's overly stylized. It reminds me of the Undertaker Chaos comics. How his ripped and ruthless figure looks like. And much like this Kane. And much like Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Sable in that series too. They're all horrible and stylized wrong and um yeah it's just like if you know what a ripped and ruthless figure is you know how oh god i don't even know what the best word to describe it but it's just like it's just horrible now you wonder why there's only two series and i'm surprised there was a series two uh but ripped and ruthless series two kane a parentheses undertaker uh is a buried alive item of the week and uh, as always, onto the ash heap of Undertaker merchandise history. And until next week, creatures of the night, please follow me on Instagram at Collecting Dead Man, at Twitter at Collect Up Dead. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, follow my Facebook page, vote to make your voice heard to decide the winner of the Who Will Survive uh, match bracket. And also, Make sure to listen to my special interview with Talking Taker dropping sometime next week. And uh, I'm not going to give away the details, but I'm sure it will be a wonderful interview for everyone to listen to. I always enjoy talking to the Talking Taker guys, Alex and Travis. So definitely keep an eye out for my interview dropping sometime next week. And until next time, Creatures of the Night... Same taker time, same taker channel. Keep on rolling, baby, as we keep heading down that highway towards Death Valley. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores, where you can find wherever this podcast is available, and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling.